Awoga, this is a dwarf cast. Hello and welcome to the penultimate weekly dwarf cast, counting down to the start of series 11 by wrapping up series 10 once and for all. With Twentica launching on UK TV Play in less than a fortnight, terrifyingly, it's time for us to tackle that trickiest of subjects, Dear Dave. But first, some news with me, Ian Symes. The majority of some news this week has already been covered on Ganymede.tv as we begin to get our arse in gear with more regular updates as the Series 11 news comes thick and fast. If you've missed anything since the last Dwarfcast, here's a short summary. Another trailer variant appeared featuring an exciting looking board game and a joke about a Minotaur. A brilliant new picture from Twentica was tweeted, showing Chris Barry in a similar bow tie to the one Flip Levy wears in the beginning. Doug Naylor entered the Starburst Hall of Fame, which was then evacuated due to a bomb scare. The powers that be have quietly replaced that first crappy promo picture with a significantly less crappy version. And Red Dwarf 4 was repeated on Dave, and we spent four hours of our lives tweeting along to it to an audience of tens. Worth it though. And finally, it's the moment that several of you have been waiting for. Dave are hosting a special fans-only screening of the first two episodes of the series on Thursday the 22nd of September at the Prince Charles Cinema in London. We've got five pairs of tickets to give away, and if you want one of those pairs for yourself, all you have to do is head over to www.ganymede.tv, find the article entitled Dwarfcast 77, Dear Dave Commentary, and leave a comment that contains the phrase, Hand Luggage. That's hand luggage. Please only enter if you can use the tickets so that other people don't miss out. The first five people to comment will be allocated one pair each. Hand luggage. Please note that Ganymede and Titan are not responsible for anything, including the running of this event, your travel and accommodation, any belongings left unattended, the global economic situation, or any unresolved murders. And that's all the weather. So now it's time to sample the delights to be found on the underside of the rotting corpse that is Series 10, Episode 5, Dear Dave. Joining me, shockingly recently by our usual standards, were Tanya Jones, Danny Stevenson and the fan club's Joe Sharples. If you'd like to watch as well as listen, press play on your video device after the pips. Piptacular! Space Corps Directive 5011708109721 says all dwarfers must listen to Dwarfcast. Uh, uh, Mr. Rimmer, sir, I think you'll find shut up, right, and I'm right. Hey. Hey. Ah, uh, dear Dave. Where does dear Dave come in the silver survey? Number 46. Uh, of 61, controversially high. Uh, it is the <laughs> worst episode of series 10, uh, according to the Silver Survey, and uh, I would very much agree. Okay. Um, although, it is not entirely shit. It's not. This is what I discovered. I alluded to this in last week's um, commentary, which for us was definitely last week when we recorded that. Yeah. Um, that... It's only really towards the end that Dear Dave falls apart. The problem with it is that there's no real plot. Uh, some of the individual scenes towards the start are okay. Yeah. 
it's just that they don't go anywhere and then at the end you've got some really bad scenes um when i was watching the last time i watched this back was when i was doing the top 10 scenes from the series for high and low and yeah it surprised me that it took so long to deteriorate but deteriorate it does um yes i mean this is uh very obviously the setup yeah um i uh, i i don't i kind of i feel that doug just launched straight into this with not a lot of not a lot of script there's not a lot there's nothing that really there's nothing that happens to make Lister feel like this particularly yeah. um, and he's been in space a long time now and but you know on the other uh, hand um, time slides starts off exactly the same way yeah. Lister is glum and someone mm -hmm. walks in on him being glum yes. and he explains why he's glum yeah. uh, side note on that magazine, JMC Traveller, the guy on the front is a man called Reese King. Yeah. Reese King. He was a runner on Series 10. Yeah. Ah, that is a fun fact. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and on the back, of course, you've got the shot of Red Dwarf from the old Series 2, uh, Series 1 and 2 titles. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I, I feel I feel unsatisfied. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think unsatisfied with the setup. Um, I would have preferred something to have happened. Mm. Um, this is very. This is the mother of all bottle episodes because mm. it was a late replacement mm. for episode uh, planned. Last two episodes of the series were going to be two completely different ones, and. By the time it went to studio, <laughs> there just wasn't a script. Like obviously, it's it's one of those with just the core cast and just the existing sets. But it Doug didn't even have time to write to finish writing the thing before it got into studio. Actually, I mean, it, I don't know. It kind of feels like the letter came at the wrong place almost. Like yeah. Maybe it should have come in that the start of the maybe episode. Maybe the postcard arrives right at the and start. It was like a nice letter, maybe, or a nicer letter. Yeah. And Lister goes, oh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, no, miss life on, on Earth, yeah. etc. And then, yeah. Uh, maybe. More of a reason for him to be feeling that way. Maybe I feel better without it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> Here are the bending messages. So during the recording of this, uh, which I was at, um, we also saw a rough cut of Trojan to make up for the fact that we'd only seen a mm. bit of an episode recorded. So that was quite good. Oh, yeah. But then put the, <laughs> the material from Dear Dave. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, I may as well start moaning about this early on. Yeah. Um, women don't come out very well no. in this episode no. at all. It's, it's a shame. Um, also... I don't recall Rimmer ever being interested in Sabutio. <laughs> ever? Well, he, he, does, I mean, he plays games. Times you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. This, uh, this is the first of the green screen scenes. This yeah. is entirely recorded after the event in Pickup Weeks. This was never part of the story as, as originally, such as it was originally. Yeah. This is one of the threads that has been entirely <coughs> inserted in of Crichton um, getting that letter about having to... What is it they have to do? <laughs> they have to make budget cuts for some reason. Yeah, so this is the GMT onboard computer strange that thing, thing that's, that's, that's always been there. Well, yeah, well, I, that's the thing. I've always had a, I've had a headcamp explanation for that. 
which is the thing where Holly is a piece of program that's added to the system and mm. overrides that system to 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 you know like every every ship would have a different OS. And then you've got, and then it goes back, and I think that the James on board computer is essentially the DOS system, which is the basically just crunching numbers and doing things in a very, um, you know, bureaucratic way. So basically, it's just crunching numbers and realise that this, all this stuff that Holly's not been dealing with, this computer has just dealt with an absolute backlog of bullshit. And now it's, you know, now it's it's finding that rumour hasn't clocked in and all this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just. All these, and it, but it isn't. It, it wouldn't matter. It doesn't like the fact that they, they, if they don't do anything, nothing would happen. But they, for some reason, it's important that they do it. Um, and as such, it provides us with an extra ten minutes worth of episode. Yeah. <laughs> out of nowhere, that is completely unrelated and unconnected to the rest. Yeah, there, there's a distinct lack of peril going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a sketch show. It's like an episode of a sketch show, mm. except. It's just the same four characters mm. in individual unrelated threads that come in and out. It does feel like And here we are back in stuff that was originally from the episode. And you can really tell the difference, especially on the Blu-ray in quality. Mentioned the yes. sketch thing, I think I actually genuinely think that that kind of plot would work very well in like a sort of cliche, dear Holly in Space Cadet kind of thing. Mm. That would That's the kind of thing that would work yeah. for that, but it's, it's, for some reason in Red Dwarf it doesn't seem, feel like it's relevant. And yeah, it's interesting. Uh, because Dave Hollins is a parody of sci-fi, whereas Red Dwarf is not. Uh, it's interesting they keep revisiting, yes, revisiting sort of GMC service records, computers, and all that business. So they were doing doing that with Lister, weren't they? And it's, yeah, it's, it feels like they really wanted to make a great episode about that sort of thing, but it got sort of splintered. Got splintered into yeah. different. Wants for no real reason. Well, it is. It's part of the the thing that's an overarching thing in series ten is that the universe seems more populated these days. Mm. uh, Which there's various headcanon things you can do to explain that if you wanted to. Mm. Um, And yeah, it seems to be a a change of of tact in the style of humour that they're going for because there's a lot more stuff about regulations and rules throughout the series, which we haven't really seen since the very early days. And back then it was just Rimmer doing things by the book. But this it's like they've got bosses all of a sudden. It's like that's one of the weird things about this episode is that they've suddenly got jobs after three million years that they have to do. Yeah. Mm. It's very creepy again. Yeah. Like who's enforcing this? Yeah. That's the thing, so there's no reason for them to do any of this stuff because it has no consequences. There's no reason no. for yeah, human race no. is extinct. If, okay. if the, the computer's not gonna just cut off the air supply just because they have yeah. it's not Pre- like it's not free. Not free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that's another point. There's a lot of computer-based things going on in this series. Because there's no other people. And you don't have Holly, so... So there's the on board, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know, I just... Yeah... I... I would like... I think I'd like to see Wimmer sort of get on board with some sort of stupid pseudo... Um, motivational speaker-esque kind mm. of bullshit, because I think he'd be prime candidate for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd rather see that than whatever this is. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is my problem with this scene is that it it's it doesn't look like I'm watching Rimmer. I'm watching Chris Barry doing a bit, and Chris Barry doing a bit is no bad thing at all. But uh, <laughs> yeah. not in a sitcom when yeah. he's playing a character. That's well, not Rimmer, especially when we've seen like um, uh, is it Thanks to Memory or no Parallel Universe where we realise that he's actually really crap at picking up women. So yeah. you know where does this come from? Yeah. Well, how has he discovered this skill? 
Well, yes. <laughs> this, to be fair, this is exactly what Lister is saying. <laughs> I just noticed that the subtitles were virtually word for word. The Ariolas with Spanish goalkeeper is basically Doug really, really desperate to still... Uh, Do you know what? Since this episode came out, a goalkeeper called Ariola has started playing. Yes, for, that's think, true. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> Or was, or was it a French team? I can't remember you now. Alphonse Ariola. Uh, Ariola. Uh, is a French professional footballer who plays for, as goalkeeper for Paris Saint-Germain. Yes. Oh my God, I got it right. Yes. French football. See, my job does come in handy. Now, I've, I've spent many a time going, ha, 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 A remarkably yes. prescient joke from Doug. Yeah. <laughs> you just got the nationality wrong. Um, yeah, it's, but it's the ghost of Asso's Spanish detective, isn't it? So <laughs> rattling around in his brain. Now, there is a spin-off series I want to see. Yes. The ghost of Asso Spanish Detective. <laughs> a cross between Asso Spanish Detective and Randall and Hopcote deceased. Uh, is this the sexy French vending machine? It's the sexy French vending machine. It is. Uh, Which one of the vending machines is Rebecca? Rebecca is one in Fathers and Sons. Uh, uh, yeah, these are both either your, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's right. Oh god, these female vending machines, they're so touchy about the logos. <laughs> Weird touch of the lipstick on the coffee cup as well. Uh, yeah. What's the equivalent? Suggestive, eh? <laughs> she wants Wallop. it. <laughs> Wallop, eh? Yeah, there's so many strange things going on there. I th- loco, I didn't hear logo last time. You touched my loco. loco. <laughs> well, that's I've never heard it called that before. <laughs> touched it once. I like Crichton's reaction to that, like in Machine World, touching someone's logo. He is shocked by that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's not her being crazy. It's like, oh my god, he. T- <laughs> so, what, a logo for a machine is the equivalent of arse, tits? Yeah. One of those things. Around the front, I suppose. It's like t- poking a nipple. I- <laughs> Pokey thing sticking out of the front of a thing. <laughs> I think I'm right in saying this scene, it starts off with a green screen thing that's been added and then goes into, without, you know, within the same scene, it goes into stuff that was Mm. recorded on the night. So see if you can spot the subtle changing quality. Very ill. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a tired Crichton with a tired mask. And now that we've seen. a fair bit. Remember this time last week, roughly, when the trailer was released? Mm-hmm. Um, Crichton does look a lot better in series 10. Yeah. Ignore that, that first photo that came out where he looks rubbish. 11. Anyway. 11. What? Series you said 10. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Crichton looks a lot better in series 11 than he does 10 from yeah. the clips that we've seen and most of the photos that a we've seen. A lot of people have been saying, a lot of the comments have been saying that Crichton looks really good and it's like, it seems to have disregarded the, the, the promo shot which is where it looks yeah. kind of, you know, just, I think the lighting is off, I don't know what it is about it. Yeah, there's something about it where it just doesn't look representative of how he looks during the series. No. It's odd. Again, this is just really, really um, contrived and strange. And long. It's, this little edition is longer than I remembered it. But it's sort it throws up an interesting idea. Yeah, definitely. And does, but and doesn't really go anywhere, does night. it? Crichton's mask suddenly looks a lot better than it did <laughs> half a second previously. And this scene is actually quite good. This is one of the good scenes. It's like the improviser as well, from the look of it. Like, they've just let them, to just let them go for it a little bit. If I remember, it was VT on the night, wasn't it? The, um, I remember this being, yeah. But the, 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 the charades, charades thing is... 
just the weirdest yeah, correction. It doesn't make sense as, a, as an explanation. It doesn't need to be read. But the, yeah, the Shiraz themselves, when they start playing, cuts very good. What is that for? What is the yeah, purpose of yeah. that? We've never figured he was, it out. He was right the first time. He didn't need to be corrected. <laughs> why is that Charades. there? People say charades. That's what it is. A hole. <laughs> the, the thing I like about this scene is that there's, there's time for each of them it, it, within their guesses to have character moments within it. So Rimmer gets very scared. It, like His guesses, he imagines things that are going wrong and gets scared by them. Uh, he always imagines the worst and is being pessimistic about it. But yeah, his bits of paranoia. Lister has bits of hope where he's optimistic about what's going on. And Kratos is back. I mentioned Kachansky. But yeah, it's yeah th- that again that whole sort of like just oh we have to mention that we yeah it that feels in. really it's strange yeah it is really at this point it's not supposed to be building to anything either because the references to her earlier in the series were originally intended to be building to her making an appearance but this is one of the two episodes from after the decision after made the decision was made yeah. right. Wap 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 wap. Is this is where the head break was? Wasn't it? If I remember. I don't know. It feels it feels like there was supposed to be lots of like bizarre emotions going on. It was. <laughs> just, it's just like... Yeah, this was a, this was definitely a shot on the night. Yeah, this bit. The shot a few times, remember? Really. Yeah, <laughs> to get that sack refilled for <laughs> the <laughs> purposes. And this is, yeah, you can see the ingredients are right. <laughs> mm. All the ingredients a, are right. <laughs> it's a sit down conversation between Lister and Rimmer. It's a long bit of chat, long bits of dialogue. Um, them opening letters and, and being competitive with each other. Having the letters there as a means of moving the plot on, yeah. it's all right, but that doesn't actually happen that much. <laughs> it's, um, it's very... And there isn't really any jokes in there. No. It's just them going... Ah, ah, ah. That's good. Uh, uh. <laughs> Parking, that's good. And also, yeah, I remember on the night getting the impression that these scenes were going to be longer, but I think some of them get chopped up and interspersed with the, the extra plots that got added... I think it would have been funny if Lister had opened Rimmer's had snatched it from him mm. and opened it and went, aha, you got a parking fine. Right. Whereas Rimmer's really pleased that he had a bit of mail addressed to him. But not that I'm telling anyone how to do their <laughs> job or anything. <laughs> um, but then I'm, I'm just, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of um, the very classic post pod scene. Yeah, yeah. better than life. Better That's than life. the thing, it's uh, 8,500. The text yeah. yeah, yeah, it reminds you a little bit better than life. Obviously, the setup of those two having long chats with each other will remind you of Marooned. Mm. And it's yeah, it's hard when you can make such a direct comparison to something that's brilliant. <laughs> I know it's really unhelpful. It's not, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't help you look at the scene in any better light. 
feels like Thug's undermine himself, really. Mm. And at this stage of the episode, it's not massively problematic, the stuff with Hayley Summers. No. He's being very respectful and very mm. nice. He's being mm. like Lister at this stage yeah. in the episode. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that. Mm. <laughs> it's not very visually interesting, this episode. <laughs> no. Um, again, I mean, he seems quite fond of her, but it's what it's sort of when it comes to he's just not quite. Maybe it would have been interesting if it was Lisa Yates. Mm. Is it, she's not a Lisa Yates, is she? She doesn't, she doesn't inhabit the same emotional mm. place. Mm. Oh, yeah, I've forgotten about this slightly troubling. Mm. Was it a bloke in a dress type dialogue? I mean, if it's coming from Brimmer, yeah, <laughs> you know, he's just antagonising them. I don't feel like he's just winding them. It's like yeah, the same thing they I did to well, him in last day when they said, "Oh, how many, you know, how many toes do you have?" Yes. But the di- the difference is that people can say those things offensively about trans people in real life right now. Yes, and yeah. I'd rather Rimmer didn't. Yeah, but you know, there's there's degrees, there's levels of. Um, yes, I mean, you could, I suppose if you're going to go down that route, you could take issue with just about everything that women and Alyssa yeah. say about women. Yeah. <laughs> and, and why not? Uh, and, yeah, we, we will do. Things <laughs> <laughs> to look forward to there, guys. <laughs> Aha, there's a plot happening now. <laughs> we have to search for a letter. There's a plot. Who fuck? <laughs> and now I go and chat with the vending machine about the whole thing. So yeah, and this is the vending machine. Because I've, I've seen this episode less than I've seen other episodes. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. This is the vending machine that uh, fancies Lister and is offended that he... That he Touch the logo of another Because he thinks... Hang on. <laughs> she thinks that he fancies the other vending machines, yeah. whereas in fact he doesn't fancy either of them. Because yeah. they're vending machines. Yes. yes. <laughs> she's got a slightly, sort of, this is slightly um, unnerved. Bunny Boiler. Yeah. Which is a, another great female archetype to bring in. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, female archetypes are go go, really. Yeah. Oh, I'm interested in trying a mint elegance from this vending machine. Yeah. Seems to be mainly hot drinks in this one. It doesn't have a button for crisps. Well, he's actually saying she was shit in bed. <laughs> <laughs> ah, toilet roll's good. <laughs> so, yes, this is very much a late addition this extra plot spinning off from the computer stuff about having to take away all the toilet rolls oh yeah and also Rimmer is trying to get promoted or something he wants to he's no he wants to get signed off sick yeah so yeah. because because the computer says he's not clocked on for three million years yeah. to make sure that's fixed he has to say that he's not been well in order to say he's not been well and he has to, to build up a dossier of evidence against Lister yes Yes. <laughs> right. I'm catching up at the same rate as Rimmer is. 
it's just like any one of these things might be a plot but yes. all together you don't see enough of any of them to really get them developed and it, it's yeah. just intercutting between different completely unrelated things so it's quite just discon- yeah it's quite disconcerting because mm. you're not sure what you're being asked to buy into and then the result of that is that you don't really buy into any of it because yeah. none of it's developed. Mm-hmm. It's always like there's not enough characters to go around as well because mm-hmm. Rimmer's involved in Lister's plot as mm-hmm. being the person that he's talking to about it for the majority of the time. Yes. Uh, and so, but then he's also supposedly simultaneously compiling a report about how he hates Lister. Mm. And yet, when they're together on screen, that never seems to be brought up. No. Because obviously we know the reason why, because they were recorded, so half of it wasn't written when the other half was recorded. Yeah. It's uh, it's a little bit like the dynamic between Mr. and Cat in Duck Soup. Yes. Where Cat's just saying the least appropriate thing, <laughs> yeah. but like earnestly and not trying to be offensive. <laughs> yeah, he's genuinely trying to help. Yeah, yes. but he's doing, yes. doing a good job, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. How do you know a bank's got five? <laughs> and this is the bit where Lister begins to hate women, isn't it? <laughs> As a result of cats meddling, yes. he suddenly starts to distrust Haley Summers. Is it different? Haley Summers. Yeah. Haley Summers. Yeah, I mean, this is. I suppose part of the trouble, isn't it? That if there was. If I was able to buy the fact he was really into this woman, then that might not be a, so much. Mm. But yeah, it's sort of she kind of turns up and it's like it's been a heck of a long time, mm-hmm. um, uh, and yeah, it's not quite. It's not been. It's just yeah, she's she's just arrived suddenly, and there's so much other stuff going on that you sort of have trouble buying into the fact that he's really really bothered about this. On the other hand, the finger-wetting machine is a very good line. That's not bad. <laughs> One thing I remember noticing at the time is that um, Haley Summers is cheating with a man called Roy. So it's Roy and Haley, <laughs> <laughs> Which makes Rimmer's comments about, are you sure it wasn't a man? <laughs> God. And then, but then, of course, since this episode, we've got the tragic news about Haley. Mm. Rest in peace. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Anyone's two years behind on Curry. <laughs> yeah, that was when he, that was when uh, yeah, Lister played her taxi driver. <laughs> a blundering granny grab it was. All part of the canon. <clears throat> They've done worse jobs in in comping before. Be yes, yeah. with you. They've done a worse job in. in I'm not, I'm not saying they always do it bad. I'm saying that you know, you could argue there are better. I mean, yeah, from what from what they had to do, yeah, which was just to record everything. The lighting's been pretty well matched. It's not a It's not completely. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting looking back at this now, having now. Um, this first commentary where we that we've recorded since we've seen video footage from series eleven. The already this looks not quite up to scratch. Like not it doesn't look bad by any means, but series eleven looks a lot richer in terms of its 
lighting and the shot composition. Mm. It seems to have improved since series 10, just from the few shots that we've seen already. Oh, now this thing. <laughs> now, I quite like this, but it's, it's how it's, it's, it's how it, what it's what its intention is in terms of like what the point of this whole scene is is annoying me. But the, I like the idea of like just the vending machine wanting something so tiny. Yes, yeah. and that, no, and yeah. that I've got no really problem. I've got no problem with that bit of it. Yeah, I think that's quite like, nice of her going. I'd love to see the end of the corridor. Yeah, and it's quite funny. It's yeah, a nice idea. It's a nice character thing. But then. <laughs> But then it's yeah, this weird, this <laughs> weird contrivance of like, what the oh, hell? What? Like, what is this? Like, why would you do this? Like, that's fine. Okay, it's fallen over, so get off it and lift it up from yeah. a standing position. What the hell do you, are you trying to achieve? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's nothing you could do there. <laughs> this is... <laughs> like, because you're trying to lift yourself and a big machine up yeah. at the same time. It's, point, it's needless. It's hard to get that shot, though. It's all, it's, it's, it seems like a self-conscious attempt to have another underpants scene. Yeah. Yeah. Shrinking underpants scene. Yeah, it's just like... They um, couldn't work yeah. out how to make it work quick enough, yeah. so they just didn't have time to get it. Like, it just, it's so frustrating, because again, it's like, well, those things like, what is that? What is, what is uh, it? And the wheel she's on has suddenly gone. <laughs> oh, that's a continuity file. That's just ruined it. That's ruined it for me now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it lost the wheels. It really pisses me <laughs> off. That's all pisses me off. Yeah, prior to that, I was in book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cut to cat walking around with a shitty ass. It's just... This episode has really gone weird at this point. Yeah. It's like, it just... It pootles along with scenes that aren't bad. There's a few good jokes every now and then. It's the not, there's reason. not really much consequence to anything, but it's kind of okay. And then it just goes insane. And this is the only reason why this exists is so that the, the cat can find oh, the, yeah. the special letter. That's the one. Yeah. That's the only reason why that is there, is so that he'll find that letter. And then, yeah, it's all like, it's a series of contrivances about we have to have, and you can really tell at this point that they're cutting between new and old material, so I won't point it out every time. But it's, yeah, in... The JMC computer plot leads to a situation where Crichton has to take all the toilet roll away, and then that leads to a situation where Cat can find the letter and then find the special report. So it wraps up those two bits of of plot. But it does so by the medium of having Cat walk around with a shitty ass, which is just a weird thing to happen. And wiping his ass of women's special report. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then we're at the end. <laughs> That's it. Is but surely it would that? it would add to his his special report like the trauma that he's been through he goes to the effort of writing this and then someone wipes their ass on it that's mm. surely more evidence that he is under stress yeah so then this thing this thing happens and I get the intention behind the joke mm. which is that Lister says a heartfelt thing uh, about life and it's philosophical and it's nice and it's sweet and then he undercuts it by saying something bad but unfortunately, the thing that he says that's bad is just bad. Yeah. It's just I don't, I'm not comfortable with Lister saying that. But I, I think I'm me and Danny are not the people in the room that should perhaps be talking about this. Because I don't want to speak for anyone. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think I've got anything fresh to say about it except uh, that's not that's not what Lister would say. I'm not happy with him calling someone an absolute slag. Because I don't think it's in character, and and 
before anyone else says in the comments that he's used that word before. He has, but not in that context. context. Context is key. Yes. Again, yeah, we had this conversation. Just to remind when we started. <laughs> long, long conversation. Uh, yeah, it's. I, oh. I never really, I never really thought um, Lister earned that right um, emotionally. Mm. You know, in any other way. Uh, and yeah, it, was, it just seems weird out character, and it's 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 just because I don't believe that he was that. Uh, All of a sudden, he's really infused and really in, like yeah, really in love with this woman. Never, they've never mentioned her before, which I know doesn't help if you're trying to create a new bit of whatever yeah. years down the line. But still, it, he needs a bit more than. The, yeah, the thing about him not having ever mentioned it before, I can excuse. I give them the benefit of the doubt with things mm. like that because, like you say, that's the way to do new plots. But mm. the the point is how it feels within the episode, whether within just in that thirty minute context, whether you whether you feel that his feelings are, are genuine and and is whether you buy his reaction and you don't because no, it's not no. written well enough. It's not performed. Well and you got too many other ideas swirling around the episode for that to yeah. settle. And that that storyline starts far too far into the episode. Mm. Like for if if it had start the episode starts right when they get the the postpod. The postpod, yeah. And and so then that that storyline is throughout the episode. There might be a bit more time to get those yeah, emotions if, if it in place. Yeah, with a letter just... saying something else. Yeah. <laughs> Not maybe I'm pregnant, but something else. Yeah. Um, and then he sort of goes on, and then oh, pregnancy, oh, blah, 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 and then etc. Mm. And but maybe he says, oh, you know, and you know, she often work late or whatever. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I just feel like it's well, we know from this the problems that they have with it and everything anyway. But it just feels like it's rushed mm. from because it's well after it's after the ad break that yeah. that storyline starts. Yeah, because the post the postbot arrives halfway through the episode. Yeah. Mm. It, so you've got like ten minutes to establish that this person was really important to him, and he's got deep emotional connections there, and then, mm. but and so you just can't, you can't. It doesn't seem well, genuine. Ten years idea that you mentioned at the towards the start of the episode, maybe it would have been an idea to start with the postpod arriving, mm. because then it, there's more of a reason for Lister to be upset, and you have an extra ten minutes in which to establish Lister's. To, yeah. to, for us yeah. to learn more about yeah. Lister's relationship it's with like you had three or four letters and yeah. you know Lister's excited at each letter and then suddenly it's sort of you know and then suddenly plot happens yes yeah. and then he's yeah so he's playing out something that happened millions of years ago just through that all the little stages where it's uh, whereas what we're doing is that we're walking into the middle of that storyline as far as I'm concerned yeah and yeah it's it's odd. It's yeah. It's just not really thought well through enough to then end with that joke, which is a bit jarring. And it's mm. the ends don't justify. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, the means don't justify the end. Yes. In this, yes. In this yeah, absolutely. The there isn't enough justification for that term to be used. No. Yeah. No. And it's you know you if you can't go from sort of caring deeply about someone to suddenly calling them a slag because mm. it's quite a I, I think maybe I don't know Doug used the word word because he's not really thinking of what that word really means yes yeah. and it's a really horrible word um, which I I have a yeah. level of of sympathy for that because I seem to remember at the time mm. me personally 
listening to that, thinking, oh, that's a bit much, but not being deeply bothered mm. by it. But what switched it for me was, um, I think just in the last four years, I'm more aware and more mm. sensitive to those issues anyway, because I, I think the world is mm. becoming a horrible place and I'm feeling very sensitive about those things. But the, the discussion that ensued after that episode, made, like the vast majority of men that were commenting didn't seem to see what the problem was it whatsoever was, with calling someone a slag. Yeah. It was and that shocked ugly. me a bit. Yeah, it, it shocked was. me that that more people weren't upset by it mm. and the discussion that ensued of like but she was a slag what's wrong with saying it that made me really really hate the use of the word slag yeah, yeah. I mean, again yeah I don't think I I was like mortally offended at the time but mm. yeah the the cause I didn't think it was really you know it, that it was warranted but yeah the discussion afterwards was like it's like really oh my god it, it exposed really? it exposed <laughs> views that mm. i didn't think existed in the mainstream anymore mm. and since i've been aware that they do i'm i'm now a lot more sensitive to those things mm. yeah so yes basically. so the alternate take mm. for that was I mean, trollop wasn't it yeah is that any better kind of it's a bit better but it, but it's less good it's still like in, I would have preferred them. Yeah, I would have preferred them to use trollop, than yeah. because it has it doesn't have as such severe connotations as slag it's, does. It's just, but a, there's no. Like, you didn't have to say that anyway. Like, no, there's so a, many a, reactions you could have had, a, which would have given you the same. Well, yeah, if you'd have just result. screwed the paper up and went, oh well. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, done like yeah. It's a, a weird. It's a weird subject for a joke, isn't it? It's a yeah. troublesome subject for a joke. Yeah, because it's making a judgment call on a woman's actions yeah. from a male perspective. Or screwing the piece of paper up and ask smeg or like oh, whatever. Yeah. Or you know, mm. there's no, there's no. It's the fact that it's you know, the judgment on this woman. And, and that, oh, he just walks out the room and screams, and that's like that's all you need to know. <laughs> yes. Or anything. Yeah, there are, there are loads of other ways it could have gone. It's, yeah, but it's they're basically just... making him. Uh, Lister is um, a Philippe. Do explain. Uh, so, <laughs> this is uh, one of your secret feminist phrases. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's various um, online things called uh, and there's a, a, a meme of by Philippe. Uh, tends to happen mostly on a lot of dating sites where pe- men will come along to right. women. They'll compliment them, and when they don't respond to that, they jump straight. To, oh, you're a fucking slag. You're yeah. this. You're that. You're. Blah, blah, blah. That's what they're making him into. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, I love her. She's brilliant. Oh, she had this crunchy nose and that. Oh, what an absolute slap. There's tons of screen grabs of that shit going on. People post on Twitter, like, okay, Cupid sites or whatever. Or Tinder, like, recently. Yeah, it's a a very um, superficial treatment of what is quite a serious thing. Mm. Yeah, it's just very out of character. Mm, I think jars more than anything else. And like I was saying, I I get... the purpose of the joke it's yeah. the joke is that there's the juxtaposition of loveliness and mm-hmm. here's his reaction when oh, he finds out yeah. the truth but his reaction when he finds out the truth is mm. the thing that could have been a lot better yes and yeah. you'd have still got the same impact by doing it's just, yeah, any it number of things it's too strong to be funny mm. yeah and it, it yeah it's too too nasty really it's it was like yeah but you thought she she might be the mother to your child yeah. and you apparently really have lots of respect for her and really liked her and then suddenly you do this about face yeah 
when you find out the truth it's a little you know it's not, it's not quite you know it's like Red Dwarf was the Jeremy Kyle show almost it's just, <laughs> yeah it's reducing everything to the it's simplest terms yeah. mm. not what I expect from Lister no no, no. But again, I think all I think well, I'm not I'm not excusing anything, but I mean I'm just it's it's obvious that you know this episode was incredibly rushed. Yeah. To the point yeah. where everything about it feels half mm. done and half ready and half, you know I'm not excusing. But no, no, it's a valid right. point. The but connotations, the connotations weren't immediately apparent. Maybe they should have been. And I have no doubt, and I've said a similar thing during the Fathers and Sons commentary when we were talking about Tom and Tony, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think that there's any bad intent on the part of the writing. Oh, God, no. It's just oh, no, I don't think. It's no, no, just no, no, not no. been thought through. Yeah, but it's, yeah. Just, yeah it's just unfortunate that it, it got through, basically. Mm. But, yeah, but we know. Yeah. Right. Well, as is tradition now, at the end of these particular series of commentaries, uh, let's revisit our review from four years ago. Which was written by Tanya Jones. <laughs> Dear Dave, remember me, I'm Haley, your plot device. <laughs> I know you've me- never mentioned me before, despite Red Dwarf being on its 10th series, but I still expect you to care that I might be pregnant by you, despite the fact that both I and the baby died three million years ago, <laughs> and that your oddly casual reaction concluded you just as casually, calling me a slag once you realise that you're not the father after all. It's interesting that this episode is entitled Dear Dave because the plot to which it refers doesn't have that much of an impact on the episode. Here I suspect lies the real nub of the problem with this episode and Red Dwarf 10 in general. It's difficult to make a good sitcom based on what seems to be a writer's room brainstorm. It's frustrating too because Red Dwarf 10 doesn't have a writer's room. (laughs) All these ideas come from one man, Doug Naylor, without whom we wouldn't have Red Dwarf to begin with. For someone as experienced and creative as Doug, Red Dwarf 10 isn't the show wheel it should be, and that makes me sad. Aww. Aww. <laughs> so Are you still sad? Um, <laughs> not as sad as I was at the no. time, maybe. Um, it's been four years. Yeah, I mean, you're just like a missed opportunity, really. Yeah. My assessment hasn't really changed very much. I'm, I'm overall more positive towards 10 than you I think it's it's nice within the GNT team we have different degrees of it mm. uh, and I think I'm right in saying that even you and John do like a lot of it or bits yeah. of it at least overall and you know it's just four years on we tend to focus on the criticisms because mm. that's the most interesting thing to talk about mm. um, but yeah Dear Dave is I think a bad episode of Red Dwarf and mm. I think it's definitely the worst one in series 10 and I'm just glad that we we now have more episodes to come <laughs> to, to sort of cover. Yes, exactly. Cover I think that's pro- what probably makes me more um, more well inclined. Yeah. Perhaps now is because I've seen what I, one of them being recorded, and you know I liked it, and yeah. so yeah. Well, we were saying the same thing. Like I I'm no longer angry that series eight is shit. Yeah. I used yeah. to be angry about it. Now mm. I still think it's shit, sure. But I'm not angry anymore because it's no. not the end. It's like mm. it's not relevant in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things. It's a lull in in, 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 a, yeah. in a in a you know, it's a it's a slight trough in a Yeah. In a, in a, in a and even though you know, thus far the the up uh side and the other side hasn't hit the same heights as before, 
it doesn't matter because it's still better. It's it still has an incline. There is there is an incline. Series yeah, ten is trend. not the worst wind dwarf. Yeah. And series eleven and twelve, it would seem unlikely that that would be the worst wind dwarf. Mm. But we never know. We're incredibly excited about the new series, but it's mm. still a few weeks away, and it might end up being shit. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> On that <little> note, <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I think it's apt for dear Dave to end on a negative note. <laughs> well, actually, isn't episode five usually where you put your put your dud? Is that where you put your dud episode? Is that you do the face? Uh, generally speaking, yeah. So uh, that bodes well for. Which is interesting because I don't think conference was paranoid particularly shit episode. I don't think. Um, the crisis, crisis is episode. number five in yeah. series eleven. So yeah. let's see. Interesting. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Uh, well, that's if you have a shit episode. Yeah. Well, that, that, okay. If you don't have okay. a shit episode, then there's no shit episode to put that's in. Right. But anyway, rumbly. <laughs> rumbly. Stop now. Rumbly. <laughs> we will be back next week uh, with more people Ooh. for our commentary for the beginning. Uh, but until then, Ed bye, everybody. Ed bye. Thank you for listening to G&D Dwarfcast and we hope sometime in the future you'll be talking to Dwarfcast again. Hey, we both said that at the same time. That was last week. <laughs> oh. Thank you for listening to G&D Dwarfcast and we hope sometime in the future you'll decide to listen to our Dwarfcast again. Have a safe onward journey. Goodbye.